It's always a blessing. I love to just come around into your space and bring the word of God as we share and break the word and connect fellowship not only with ourselves but with the word of God, with the spirit of God and with God the Father as well. How are you doing? How has your day been? Praise be to God. And I am just going to go into God's word in a short while. I taught on Tuesday and on Thursday on having a sound mind. I'm going to go into that and then just uh, I'm going to get into that and then just probably wind up for today because a number of us need to know how to just build ourselves around, especially in seasons like this. Sometimes when people are facing challenges, they say, you know, I'm losing my mind. That's what the devil wants you to do. He wants you to lose your mind. And I will show you from the scripture the importance of your mind and why that mind is to be safe and sane. And because the promise for a sound mind is your promise. The promise for a sound mind is your promise. Prophet Abilolembo, God bless you, my brother, for joining in as well. The promise for a sound mind is your promise. It is not the will of God that you lose your mind. It is the intention of the enemy that when pressure comes, when issues arise, when calamities strike, it is the intention of the enemy to break you down in your mind. He wants to come after your mind. You see, when God created man, um, and I love to always just get back into that place, when God created man, there is how he wired him. The scripture says God formed man from the dust and then God breathed into man and man became a living soul. God formed man from the dust and then God breathed into man and man became a living soul. So man did not become a soul after God had created him. Man was a soul before God had breathed into him. Rather, not, not after God created him, but before, uh, but not after God had breathed into him. So I'll say that again. Man did not become a soul after God breathed into him. Man became a living soul because of the breath of God. When he was formed, he was formed with the soul. But then the faculties of the soul could not come alive until the breath of God came into man. This is why whenever we are facing any kind of trouble, pressure, the best place, and I talked about this on Thursday, the best place to get our minds back to, for our minds to find their healing, is in the presence of God. Because the mind found its life through the breath of God. The mind found its life through the breath of God. Now let's talk about that soul. That word soul there, in the Hebrew is napash, in the Greek it is suke. In the Hebrew it means the appetite of the man. It means the essence of the person. That who the person is came alive by the breath of God. When God breathed, then man became a living napash. So his appetites were awakened, his desires were raised, and his essence was established. When you take the same word for it and go into the Greek of it, and forgive me for doing that this afternoon, but when you take the Greek of it, suke, from where we get the word psych and psychology and psyche, because it is from the suke that we find the emotions, the will, the thought, and the mind. So the soul is the, is the seat of the emotions, the thoughts, 
the, the intellect, the emotions, the intellect, the will, and the mind. That's the soul. It is the seat of the emotions, the intellect, the will, and the mind. So when you say that man became a living soul, you are saying that the emotions of the person came alive. You are saying that the intellect of the man came alive. You're saying that the, uh, that the mind of the man came alive. His thinking, his thought patterns came alive. The faculties of a man were awakened by the spirit. So when a man dies, what happens is that the spirit leaves the body and essentially then every other faculty is left in there. So the man then will not function. Sometimes even organs are left intact, but the man is not the organs that he has. That's why you find sometimes a dead body will be taken and an organ from a dead body will be donated to a living person because the organ was still in good shape. But then the breath has left the man, so the man is no longer living. He is counted to be dead. So man, in essence, is this engine of thought, of meditation, of emotion, of intellect. He is this engine. When God breathed into man and became a living soul, it is through the mind of a man that God would activate and establish his will on the face of the earth. Just follow me. Good to see you, uh, Chilson Vidolo. Good to see you, um, uh, Sharon Wende. Good to see you. Uh, good to see you, Paul Kachala. Good to see you all the way from Malawi. God bless you as well, Mary Chinzi. As you're joining us in, and I'm just getting ourselves just ready as we go. Eric Mutuma and Nixon Kavinya uh, and Hadassah Shiro. God bless you as well. Now, when the Spirit of God came into the man, the faculties of man became alive. That means that they became conscious of their environment as well. The faculties of the man could relate with the environment, could relate with things that were around the man. So the mind of a man could reason, his emotions, he began to feel. Uh, and so man then become, became a living napash, a living soul carrying in himself his mind, his will, his intellect, and his emotions. God would use the soul of the man to activate and establish his will on the face of the earth. God would use that. Through the mind of a man, God would co-create with the man on the face of the earth so that Whatever Adam called when he was naming animals, when he was naming creatures, whatever Adam called them, that is what God called it. What was Adam using to name these creatures? He was using his mind. He's using his intellect. So the mind of a man is an instrument of dominion. When God said to man, have dominion, he was going to use the mind of a man to help that man have dominion over all the other creatures on the earth. It was that man was placed intellectually above these creatures and spiritually as well, emotionally as well. But your mind is, a fun your mind is an instrument of dominion. I'm trying to find a way to just break this thing down and then we go into it. So it means that if the enemy wants to come after your dominance, he has to come after your mind. 
because there is the software that divinity placed in you, setting you apart from every other creature. That is the software that was placed in you for dominion. It is the software that was placed in you for co-creation. So that whatever things the man would call things, God would agree with him. Why? Because the mind of a man was in tune with the spirit of God that was in the man. The correlation between the spirit and the mind is seen in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 11. He says, no one knows the mind of a man except the spirit of a man. No one knows the mind of a man except the spirit of a man. Because the spirit, and he says that no one knows the mind of God except the spirit of God. Because the spirit searches the deep things, yes, even the deep things of God. So he brings the correlation to us of the spirit and the mind. Anything that God will do in your spirit, he will process through your mind. Anything that God will do in your spirit and anything that God will speak to your spirit, he will process through your mind. It means that if your mind is not aligned to what God is doing in your spirit, then your mind becomes a hindrance to what God wants to do in your life. Most times when we battle with faith and unbelief and doubt, the greatest barrier that we have to the revelation of God is our minds, not our spirit. When you were born again, your spirit is regenerated. You are now born of the spirit. Your spirit has come alive. You are able to see the things of the heavens. The scripture says in John chapter 3 and verse 3, it says a very familiar thing. Jesus was saying this to Nicodemus. He said, Nicodemus, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. What is that? He means he cannot perceive the things of the spirit. He cannot perceive the virtual world of the spirit. Except a man be born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter. Now, we talk about this, except the man be born of the water and the spirit. Except he be born of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. He talks about the two baptisms that we have. One being the baptism of much water, the second being the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But even that part of except the man be born of the water alone has a connotation because every time you see the word water in the scriptures, you also would equate it to the word. Water has a lot of symbolism in the scriptures, but when it comes to the element of water, you also are talking about water symbolizing the word so it means that except a man be born of the word and the spirit he cannot enter except the word has transformed the man and the spirit has breathed on the word that has transformed the man he cannot enter he cannot access so when you're born again your spirit is alive to the realities of god you can perceive the things of god but then for you to access the things of God, you have to be born of the water. The water of the spirit, which scripture talks about when he talks about Jesus and gives us the example of Jesus. And he says, husbands, love your wives. Ephesians chapter 5 and around verse 22. He says, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church. And he gives us his analogy. And he says, 
because he he gave himself and he washed the church with the word he washed the church with the word the water of the word so the word of god is like water that cleanses us it's the same thing he uses in john chapter 15 and verse 3 he still uses the same connotation of the word being water and he says you are clean because you have heard my words in john 17 verse 17 he says sanctify them with your truth your word is truth again he uses the word here to be the element of water so he says nicodemus we back to john 3 verse 3 nicodemus except a man be born of the spirit he cannot see the kingdom of god he will never see the reality and the dimension of the spirit but except he be born of the water except the word washes him and he has the spirit because the letter alone does not profit us the letter must be accompanied by spirit so except the man is washed by the word transformed by the word and has the inhabitation of the spirit he cannot enter the things of the kingdom so it means that what you access in the kingdom is commensurate to your transformation in the word what you access in the kingdom is commensurate to your level of transformation through the word of god but this transformation does not happen in your spirit your spirit has regeneration your spirit does not go through transformation your spirit was dead exodo that means separated there was no connection between your spirit and god now when the word of god came in and penetrated you and got to the place where there was conviction by the holy spirit what happened is your your spirit came alive your spirit was not really created your spirit came alive it was awakened like a battery that had been dead and then this battery is charged it comes alive there has always been the spirit in man when god created man and he breathed in and man became a living soul so that i can just bring out this very well for us to understand glory be to god when god created man he put spirit in man and that spirit is what caused man to come alive because man is essentially spirit has a soul and lives in a body when man and god parted ways when they separated because sin had been found in man man was driven away from the presence of god so he went away from what was representative of the presence of god but whatever was inside of man was not taken away man did not lose the spirit in him he did not lose the breath in him he retained breath so he had this dna and nature of god but he was disconnected from god but he still carried the dna of god it's like a son who leaves his father's house and announces everywhere that is not my father now you can physically depart but there's going to be this software that people can still see probably even in your own children they see the lookalikes in your children to your own parents because you cannot change the genetic setting it is a software within you you have departed physically but you are still connected genetically but when it comes to man and god there was separation but there was still the spirit that was in man that's what in job chapter 32 and verse 8 <laughs> the lord i should have gone straight into what i needed to say today but the scripture says there is a spirit in man there is a spirit in man and the breath of the almighty gives him understanding 
that means that when God's breath comes into man, the spirit of man comes alive. Anytime you have felt conviction, especially for example when you were still in sin or if you're not yet in Christ, and then you will sit probably sometimes even listening to a sermon like this or listening to music, uh, worship and, and, and being exposed to the word of God and to a sermon. Sometimes you feel, you feel this conviction. What is happening? Because as the word is being spoken or the music is being released into the atmosphere, carrying the spirit of God and the breath of God in it, it begins to create understanding in your own spirit. Your spirit begins to connect with its source because your spirit came from God and it has a yearning and a longing to connect to its source. This is the reason there is such a longing in a man that cannot be filled by anything else because the cloth will satisfy the body. The food will satisfy the body. Love will probably satisfy the soul. But for your spirit, your spirit yearns for such a relationship that can only be offered by God who also is spirit. Glory be to God. So every man that is alive, in every man that is alive, there is a spirit. There is a spirit in man and the breath of the almighty is what causes this man to begin to have understanding of who he is and the things around his life. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 14. Proverbs 18 and verse 14. Glory be to Jesus Christ forevermore. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 14. The scripture says the spirit of a man, the spirit of a man will sustain him in sickness. The spirit of a man. So, one, we establish that there is a spirit in man. And the spirit of a man will sustain him in his infirmity. But who can bear a broken spirit? So, man who is essentially spirit, whether he is born again or not, there is a spirit in man. There is a spirit in man. This spirit will bear a man even in his infirmity. Because that is the foundation of who he is. It is through the spirit that God communicates with man. The spirit of man connects him with God. The soul connects man with each other. And then the, the body of the man connects him with the environment. But there's an element that I want to bring out today. I want to bring out this element of the matter of your mind. So I want to go to Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 27 as well. Proverbs 20 and verse 27 as well. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. The scripture says, the spirit of a man is the candle of the Lord. So, Job 32 and verse 7 says to us, there's a spirit in a man. Proverbs 18 verse 14 says to us, that the spirit of a man bears him in his infirmity. Now, Proverbs 20 and verse 27 says, the spirit of a man is the candle of the Lord that searches the innermost parts of his heart. The word heart that is used here, in the Old Testament, the word heart would be used sometimes to mean the same thing that they would use the word mind for. So that you will find in Proverbs 23 and verse 7, the scripture will say, As a man thinketh in his heart. Because in the Old Testament, they did not quite separate, and especially in the Hebrew language, they did not quite separate the heart and the mind. So it will say that the spirit of the man, such as the innermost parts, of his heart it is the spirit that searches the innermost parts of his heart why and he says the man thinks through his heart so the spirit then 
such as and influences thoughts. I have traveled a long way to get right there. The spirit searches and influences thoughts. The spirit searches and influences thoughts. The spirit of a man is the candle of the Lord, is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the innermost parts of his heart. This heart is the place where the man feels and thinks from. I say that in Proverbs 33 and verse 7, it says, as a man thinks in his heart. Because this would be used interchangeably. It would be used interchangeably. Uh, the heart and the mind. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. We know that thoughts are in the mind. So as a man thinketh in his mind, so is he. If we use that to replace the word heart right there, then when we go back to Proverbs 30 and verse 27, then we will say the spirit of a man is the candle of the Lord and that spirit such as the innermost parts of his mind. I need to prove this from the book of Hebrews chapter 4. The book of Hebrews chapter 4 says to us in verse 12, he says, for the word of God is living and powerful. It is like it is sharper than any two-edged sword that is able to separate the soul from the uh, from the spirit, the bone the, the, the from the marrow, and it is a designer of thoughts. The word is a designer of thoughts and the intentions of the heart. It brings a combination over there that this word searches the inner parts. It is a designer. It picks up the thoughts the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. It does not say it is a designer of the thoughts and then a designer of the intentions of the heart, but it merely puts it, I have the liberty to think and interpret that both thoughts and intents have been put in the heart here, which would mean that this is possibly the word which would have been used for the mind, that it is a designer of the thoughts and intentions. It is a designer of thoughts. The word of God comes to design, to pick out, to search, and to shape the thoughts of a man. Glory be to Jesus Christ. It is a designer of thoughts. So when God then relates with your spirit, he will drop a word in your spirit, but his intention is that that word may come into your mind. Why? Because your mind is the avenue of the creative nature of God through man. Your mind is the avenue of the creative nature of God through man. So when a man prays, when a man sits in the presence of God, when a man is inspired, his mind begins to become creative. Ideas are not coming from his spirit anymore. His spirit has been filled with the presence of God with the remor, with the food of the word of God, then this begins to shape how he thinks. So he begins to become somebody who is creative. Ideas, he begins to say, oh my God, I had not seen this. Now the mind is beginning to decode what the spirit was receiving. It is your mind, ladies and gentlemen, that is the organ of dominion. Glory be to Jesus. So it is God's intention for you to have a sound mind. Because when you lose your mind, when you lose the function of your mind, you lose your dominion. A madman loses his position in life. When a man is counted not to be sane, even his will cannot 
uh, cannot pass in a court of law. If anybody can show that when a will was being written, that the person was in distress and he was not in the place of soundness of mind, then the court can disregard that because the truth is your mind is your organ of dominion. This is why when the enemy wants to come after anything that belongs to you, he will come after your mind. Glory be to Jesus Christ. He will come after your mind. He will use every kind of pressure. He will use every kind of circumstance. He will use every kind of being to break down your mind. Now, your mind, ladies and gentlemen, we've got to go into Romans chapter 5 because your mind has to go through, Romans chapter 8, sorry, your mind has to go through certain processes. When man fell, when the man fell, his soul fell. Remember, man became a living soul when man, when man received the breath of the Spirit. That means that man had the soul even before the Spirit was breathed into him. So when man fell, his soul came into depravity. When man fell, his will, his intellect, his emotions, his mind also fell. Everything about the man fell completely. So man began to have a kind of a mind that was not suitable for his dominion. His mind became a destructive force. Instead of becoming a creative organ, it became a destructive force. So you will find that in Genesis chapter 4, you start finding things like Cain plotting for the murder of his brother because his mind now was not creative. It was being influenced for destruction you will find man in genesis chapter 11 trying to build up the tower of babel to the heavens and god comes in and scatters their language because the mind of a man now was that he needs to get to where god is he was trying to get to the position he used to have spiritually now he had to build something to cause him to have the same feeling he wanted to feel that he was in charge of the earth so he wanted to build something that would reach heaven but you see before man had fallen he did not need a building to get to heaven because heaven lived in man. Heaven lived in man. So he did not need any physical structure to get him there. Oh, I'm not going to mess up. I will not mess up. Uh, so let me stay. Let me stay focused. Let me stay focused. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. And God had to come in and cause them to have confusion in their language because God said, Nothing can be denied man which he has imagined. Genesis chapter 11 and verse 6. He says nothing can be denied man which he has imagined. Which means if it is in the mind of the man, it is not impossible to the man. Glory. If man has it in his imagination, if it is in the will of the man, then he can do it. And the enemy knows he knows anything that God has spoken out openly, the enemy gets to know. The enemy knows that man's imagination, that the man's mind, that the man's will is one of the greatest forces that a man carries. It is one of the greatest forces. That's when people who go into witchcraft, the first thing that they want to upset is somebody's mental balance. They may not take away your house. They may not take away your family. They may not take away your position. But you will see them going to a, a, a witch doctor and they say, I want him to run mud. Why? Because once that is set off balance, the person cannot dominate. 
he loses authority he loses judgment he loses the ability to make discernment and have and make decisions he loses the ability to pick up what is right and what is wrong so he cannot function in that particular place because he has lost his mind glory 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 now i needed to open my bible i've not opened the bible since we started glory be to jesus let's go to the book of romans chapter 7 oh hallelujah i don't know whether you feel the anointing like i feel it right here i know we're going to romans chapter 8 but let's go to romans chapter 7 romans chapter 7 Woo, glory glory mm. the scripture says <laughs> in verse 20 it says for now if i do what i will not to do it is no longer i who does it but sin that dwells in me do you realize how paul just played around these words he's actually saying that what sin does is it influences your mind he says if i do what i don't want to do <laughs> i do what i don't want to do that's nearly like witchcraft you know you're manipulated so you're doing something that you didn't intend to do it means you have lost soundness now verse 21 i find then a law that evil is present with me the me who wills to do good for verse 22 i delight in the law of god according to the inward man my spirit man delights in the law of god my spirit regenerated delights in the law of god but verse 23 but i see another law in my members warring against the law hear this of my mind i see another law fighting against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin the moment the mind loses the battle then you become captive he says there's another law in my members in my flesh in my carnal body there's another law right there there are appetites right there there are desires over there <laughs> you say you're going to fast until your body craves something that you have not eaten and you tell yourself i'm not touching it because i'm fasting for three days then your mind processes what your nostrils are able to perceive and you feel like my good god i've never smelled such chicken before now it's the ordinary stuff that you normally pass by but your mind has lost the battle the law in the members the law of your flesh is that i need to have have her i need to get 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 i need to be comfortable i need to receive it and so your mind then your mind accepts what the law in your members has said and then you go into captivity to the law of sin we get into sin by what the flesh wants coming into the mind and then we fall into it you want to wake up and pray and then your body is saying i'm tired the alarm goes off and it is 3 a.m your mind looks at it and say but it is only three you see if your mind could silence your flesh your flesh would wake up but the moment your mind is convinced i still have time no matter how ready your spirit is to pray your spirit has lost the battle because your mind is your organ of dominion glory be to jesus christ oh <laughs> if you lose the battle in your mind you lose it so if uh 
if the enemy then wants to come after you, what should he come after? You see, we, we mess up with the enemy too much. We, we play too much. We think he's after our money. We think he's after our money. We think, you know, oh, the devil is after my relationship. The devil is after my money. He's after my position. He's after my job. Oh, the devil doesn't want me to drive this car. You, you, you're playing too much. All of those things that he's using, he's using them to get two things. He wants to get your faith and he wants to get your mind. Everything the enemy will ever do against you, he's looking for two things. He wants you to renounce God. He's coming after your faith. If he cannot get your faith, he wants to get your mind. He wants to drive you crazy. You know how you will say, so-and-so is driving me crazy. That's exactly what the enemy wants that to do to you. He wants you to be driven crazy. Glory be to God. Glory. Now, I'm saying glory be to God because he's not winning. Not after this service. Not after this service. He will not win. You're not going crazy anywhere. You're not losing your mind. You're not losing peace of your mind. You're not breaking down. God is going to shield and keep your mind. Glory be to Jesus. Look at what that verse 25 still, verse 23 still says. I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Then he says in verse 25, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Look at the last part. So then, ladies and gentlemen, so then, with the mind, I myself serve the law of God. With the mind, I myself serve the law of God. But with the flesh, I serve the law of sin. With the mind, I serve the law of God. What does it mean with the mind, I serve the law of God? Because it has got to be a conscious decision for you to yield yourself to God. Let's go to Romans chapter 6 before we go to chapter 8. Praise God. With the mind, I myself serve God. Glory. You see why the enemy is after your mind. You see why the enemy is after your mind. Alright. Romans chapter 6, verse 16. Verse 16 of Romans chapter 6. Good to see you, Fundis Sandile. God bless you all the way. Uh, thank you for being a part of us. Anointed Barbara, Joseph Murunga, uh, Jemima, watching as well, Evelyn Duva. God bless you, each and every one of you who has just tuned in as well. Praise be to Jesus. Now, he says in Romans chapter 6 and verse 16, Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one's slave to obey. So there is this, to whom you present yourselves, to whom you present yourself, slaves to obey. To present yourself, there has to be a consciousness from your side in order to present yourself. It doesn't say that you were slaves to the one who has taken you captive. He says, whoever you present yourself, slave to obey, that talks about the will. It means that you yield yourself. So the enemy will always want to manipulate your mind so that you yield to his thoughts, you yield to his emotions, you yield to his narrative, you yield to what he is saying so that you lose what God has for you. You lose your inheritance through your mind. Woo! Glory! 
you lose you lose your inheritance through your mind this is why you find believers who love god their spirit is in tune they're prayerful they love god they live right they do everything that god would want them to do but then they never access what god has for them they don't walk in the authority and the power the identity that god has brought them into why because the enemy has played in their mind he could not touch their spirits because their spirits are regenerated they know and they know for sure if they die today they're going to heaven they know that they are pleasing to god in terms of their spirit they live right to the best that they can but then in their minds they struggle they struggle to fathom their identity in christ they struggle to fathom the mysteries of the kingdom of god they struggle to find their purpose and so they are frustrated frustrated prayerful but frustrated faithful but frustrated loving but frustrated because there is something that has shut their minds you know we were taught in the old days it did not really matter that your mind didn't really matter what god is looking for is your heart ladies and gentlemen every part of you that god created matters every part of you that god created matters to you that's why scripture will say to us in first thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23 the scripture will say to us that the god of peace sanctify you through and through spirit soul and body he cares for your spirit cares for your soul cares for your body as well he cares for your spirit he cares for your soul he cares for your body as well even your body he says is the temple of the holy spirit you can't say god is interested in the spirit of the person and is interested in the body but he has no interest in the mind no god is interested in your mind and anything god is interested in the devil is as well anything that god is interested in the devil is as well he is interested in your mind he wants to shape your mind he wants to influence your thoughts he wants to pump into your mind so much pressure until you break down do not let the enemy break you down don't let the lockdown break you down do not let the curfew break you down don't let the lack of finances break you down do not let the isolation break you down do not let what is happening around you break you down there is hope for us and i'm going to talk about that in a few minutes there is hope for us there is always a place of recourse where we can go to and have our minds sanitized glory be to jesus christ hallelujah hallelujah in fact when it comes to the matter of sanity it is just setting your mind according to default settings it is how god set it that your mind was supposed to be the seat of the spirit once you get back there you were saying <laughs> you were saying glory be to jesus christ now it is with your mind i go back to romans chapter 7 and verse 35 it is with your mind that you serve god it is with your mind that you serve god if you forget everything that i'm saying today do not forget this it is with your mind that you serve god how do you serve god through your mind because through your mind you are able to influence the earth you were able to co-create with god you were able to dominate on the behalf of god with your mind so when it comes to the element of your mind serving god is different from when you say i will sing a praise to god this is where the marketplace believer comes in because when you begin to function through your mind and you're creative and you bring out your intelligence and your intellect and you bring in ideas and vision when you function in that you are serving god you are serving god through your gifts your abilities through your mind it is with the mind that we serve god because the mind will yield to god or the mind will yield to the enemy i need to go back to romans chapter one it seems like today we are doing a tour of rome 
Praise be to Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If we can cleanse Rome in the Bible, we will cleanse Rome of Corona. Glory be to God. Now, Romans chapter 1. <laughs> Romans chapter 1. The scripture says, ah, in verse 18, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because whatever may be known of God is manifest in them. For God has shown it to them. Now, I say that every man has spirit. What the scripture is saying here is that there is nobody who doesn't have a witness of God. The scripture says anything that needs to be known about God, God has made it manifest. Creation reveals that there is God. Nobody can say they don't know that there is a God. God has made it manifest. Why? Because the spirit is in them and the spirit bears witness that there is a God. The spirit has the nature of God. The spirit bears witness that there is a God. Now also, everything else. Look at verse 19 again. Whatever may be known of God is manifest. For God has shown it to them. Verse 20. For since the creation of the world, the invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are visible, even the eternal power and Godhead, so that nobody has any excuse. The fact that the sun rises tells you there is a God. The fact that the rain falls tells you there is a God. The fact that the clouds gather and scatter tells you there is a God. So nobody has any excuse of saying they don't know that there is any God. But look at what the scripture says in verse 21. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God. Neither were they thankful. But they were futile where? In their thoughts. They were futile. Where did they reject God? Right here. In their mind. Woo. Can we do this for another week? Glory be to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Praise God. Whew. They were futile in their thoughts. And their foolish hearts were darkened. It is in their minds that they became rebellious. Futile in their thoughts. Look at verse 22 professing to be wise they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible god into an image like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things therefore god also gave them up to uncleanness in the last of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves who exchanged the truth of god for the lie and worshiped and served the creature more rather than the creator who is blessed forever verse 28 and even as they did not like to retain god in their knowledge they did not like to retain god in their knowledge verse 28 god gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting Shoo. god gave them not even to the devil <laughs> oh I tell you the truth. God did not need to give them over to the devil. He gave them over to a debased mind. To a debased mind. A mind that had lost connection with the spirit of God. When the mind of a man loses connection with the spirit of God, that mind loses conscience. The mind loses conscience. And that mind begins to operate as if the man is not a man. The mind of that man begins to operate like the mind of an animal. In fact, to give animals credit, they have greater intelligence and wisdom. In the name of Jesus Christ. 
because they did not retain God in their knowledge, verse 28, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. When the people disconnect from God, their minds, especially when they're rebellious, especially when they're rebellious, when they know what is right and they refuse it, when they refuse to yield their minds to God, then he allows their minds to become destructive and debased. Now I can now go to Romans chapter 8. I don't want to stay right there. I don't want to stay on that. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise be to Jesus. Cynthia Tono, God bless you. Uh, glory. Romans chapter 8, verse 5. We wind up in a minute or two. Show. Isn't the Lord good? Isn't the word of God rich? Praise be to God. Verse 5, the scripture says to us, <laughs> For those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the things of the spirit, they set their minds according to the things of the spirit. Let me put this in contemporary English. For those who live according to the flesh have set their minds to the flesh. What he's saying is that the life that somebody lives is dependent on how they have set their minds. That if you set your mind on the things of the spirit, then you will live according to the spirit. And so you will benefit from everything that God provides for you in the spirit. You will benefit from his grace. You will benefit from his anointing. You will benefit from his favor. You will benefit from his promises because you have set your mind there. But if you set your mind on the things of the flesh, he says then you will live to the limitation of the flesh. You will live to the limitation of your environment. You will live to the limitation of what you can perceive. It says then to us in verse 6, to be carnally minded is death. For your mind to be carnal, which means to be governed by the environment and by stimulus, natural external stimuli, is to live a life of limitation, which the scripture calls death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be spiritually minded. So if I want to have peace in my mind, and I shared this on Thursday. I shared it when, when, when we read Isaiah 26 and verse 3 where he says, You shall keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. And I talked about the element of the presence of God and I talked about the element of worship. Now the scripture says, if you put your mind on the things of the spirit, right there, there is life and there is peace. You know how we lose our mind. You know how we break down in our minds when we shift from the spirit. What do I mean? When you begin to worry, your mind is no longer on the things of the spirit. When you begin to be anxious, when you are trying to figure out everything concerning your life, you are moving your mind from the place of the spirit. Because when your mind is in the place of the spirit, it receives two things. It receives life from the spirit. It receives peace. What is this peace about? It is an assurance that everything is going to be all right. This is why the mind must be washed by the water of the word. And we are getting there in a minute. This is why your mind must be soaked in the word of God. Because when it is soaked in the word of God, then it receives life. 
and he receives peace. The peace that comes and assurance that tells you that I may not have paid my bills, but I know the one who supplies my needs. That I don't know what is going to happen the next two to three weeks, but I know that my life is covered by God. So you refuse to worry. You refuse to play to the prompting of, of the enemy. Anytime the enemy tries to provoke you and you refuse to play along, you retain your peace. You retain your peace. Anytime you refuse to play along, it's like you were in a house. That house is called the presence of God, the promises of God, the word of God. And the enemy will always come up with all these things trying to show you. Are you sure? You know, you need to come out. You need to come out because you need to solve this and that. And when you get out, you bring yourself into a place where you are exposed to the things that happen to the people who are outside of the covering of the house. So you need to let the devil know Yes, I have not met my obligations. Yet I am 39 and nobody's proposing still. Yes, I am 50, married 12 years and no baby yet. But I'm not going to worry about something God has promised. Oh, hallelujah. God, I felt like giving myself an offering right over there because that was an anointing right there. I'm not going to worry about what God has promised because the God who promised it is able to keep the promise why would you worry about something you cannot solve why would you worry about something that is beyond you for now why would you worry about something that is out of your reach or something that you cannot control right now why would you worry about what God has not put on you to worry about anytime you refuse to play to the prompting of the enemy you retain your peace you lose peace when you begin to respond to the devil you lose peace when you begin to respond to the devil. When he tells you that this and this is going to happen and then you begin to pay attention to it, you begin to lose peace. And the moment you lose peace, you begin to lose your mind. You begin to lose your mind. I pray for you today. Glory be to God. I pray for you today, right now, that you will not lose your mind or your peace. Keep your finger on Romans chapter 8. Because I want to show you something in Philippians chapter 4. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Mm. Philippians chapter 4. Verse 6. The scripture says, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Look at what he says in verse 7. He says, and the peace of God. <laughs> the moment you refuse to respond to the prompting of the enemy, you keep peace. You keep peace. You are getting stressed out because you are listening to more than you should. You are listening to what you shouldn't even be listening to. You are paying attention to people who should not be speaking into your life. You're paying attention to things that are contrary to what God has said to you. That's why you're losing your peace. You're not losing peace because you don't have money. You're losing peace because of what you think not having money means to you. Oh, glory, glory, glory. You're not losing peace because people are walking out of your life. You're losing peace because you think if they're not in your life, you're not okay. It is your mind that has a problem and that mind needs to be reset. 
it needs to be reset it needs to be brought back into the place where your mind finds fulfillment in the presence of god you keep your mind on the things of the spirit you know that god is not a man to lie you know that god cannot change his mind you know that god has never failed any other day and he's not beginning right now and he's not going to fail you glory be to jesus christ the moment your mind is on what shall people say you will lose your mind you will lose your mind well if you don't lose it literally you will lose your weight on behalf of your mind you'll be feeding but still growing smaller and people are asked what's happening to you you're shedding off weight and you're like because i think too much why are you thinking too much your life is in the hands of god in him we live in him we move in him we have our being glory 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 don't let the devil push you to the place where you're trying to be the god over your life you are supposed to be the god under god you are supposed to be drawing from the spirit and allow your mind to process what the spirit has put in your spirit and then your mouth to speak what was put in your spirit processed through your mind which agrees with the word of god don't you let pressure put you down any one day what's the worst that can happen to you even if you owe the whole world what's the worst that can happen to you if anybody would kill you have you not read that pressures in the eyes of the lord is the death of his saints there is no way a believer loses paul said says for to me to leave is christ and to die is gain what's the worst that can ever happen to you don't let anybody put you down through pressure through anxiety through threats through intimidation what's the worst that can ever happen once you figure out the worst that can happen take it to god in prayer be anxious about nothing take it to god in prayer is the worst that you could lose your job what's the worst that can happen to you is it that people will talk about you figure that out take that Cast the burden to God and sleep well in the night. In any case, they can only talk about you for as much. Glory, 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 glory. Is it time already? I think I need to finish up this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. Woo! <laughs> It is worry that is breaking you down. It is anxiety that is breaking you down. The peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind. And your mind. The peace of God is a mind guard. The peace of God is a mind guard. The peace of God is a mind guard. That's why he says you shall keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Ladies and gentlemen, you need to soak your mind in the presence of God and in the promises of God. Soak your mind in the presence of God. I talked about worship on Thursday. I talked about how music, muse, is the root word, muse, which is to meditate. Music of meditation, meditational. So that when you begin to play music and God music and worship as music it begins to fill your mind and the pressure eases and the troubles melt and the mountains melt like works because it is in it is it is getting into your body it is like an intravenous thing that it gets into your mind your system it gets into your system you're sleeping in the night and you can still hear holy holy you're not worshiping your trouble you're not worried about your boss you're not thinking about your landlord you're thinking about god and when god is magnified everything else diminishes in size but the other thing that you must learn to do ladies and gentlemen is to hook your mind to the promises of god 
you feel your mind right there go back to romans chapter 8 go back to romans chapter 8 and please by the mercies of god i beseech you by god's mercies that you allow me to just speak for another 10 minutes and i will go uh, so that i can give you this food this whole meal by the mercies of god i beseech you that you just give me another 10 minutes glory be to god don't leave don't go anywhere romans chapter 8 look at that in verse 6 hallelujah to be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. When you're spiritually minded, it's life and peace. Give me verse 7. Um, let me just find it. Verse 7. Right here. It says, because whew, the carnal mind is enmity against God. Are you still with us in the book of Romans? The carnal mind is enmity against God. This is where stress comes in. When your mind is against God. Because your mind received life from God. So when your mind is against God, then your mind cannot run smoothly. Stress is an indicator that something is out of place. <laughs> stress is an indicator that something is out of place. It could be that you're taking in more than you should. It could be that you're taking in what you shouldn't. <laughs> Stress is an indicator that something is out of place. Just the same way pain is not a disease. <laughs> pain is the body's response to something being out of place. Stress is just like pain. It is how your system is telling you something is wrong. So stress itself is not the problem. It is what is causing the stress. What is it that is causing you to have the stress? It is dislocation. Dislocation. Because stress is to the mind what pain is to the body. <laughs> stress is just the pain of the mind. It is the... <laughs> It is how your mind is communicating that there is a dislocation. When your mind is dislocated from the place where it should find peace, which is in God and in Christ and in his word, his presence, his promise, then stress comes in. Because the mind was never supposed to function on its own. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Whew. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, it is not subject to the law of God. No, indeed can it be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So, there is this that is called the carnal mind. There is that which is called the spiritual mind. What's the difference? We go back, we go again to Romans. We're still in the book of Romans. And I go to Romans chapter 12. Because we need to start winding up on this. I will pick up on this on Tuesday. I don't want to rush through the teaching. And leave certain things not done. So I will pick it up on Tuesday. The scripture says in verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed, transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may be able to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. This transformation, the renewal of the mind, put your finger there and come to Ephesians chapter 5. And then we will read Colossians chapter 3. And we will pick it up from there on Tuesday. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Verse 25 of Ephesians chapter 5. He says, Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. With the washing of water, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. That's how your mind gets renewed. What is to renew? To bring it back into newness. It is to bring it back into how it was before. Before it had every form of human ideology and philosophy and things that do not agree with the word of God. That is how it was. So when we talk about the renewing of your mind, it is bringing your mind back to the original state before it was polluted by human thinking and human philosophy. And before it was polluted by worry and anxiety. Before it was polluted by fear. It is being taken there. How does it get to the place of being washed back there by the word of God by the renewing of the word of God glory be to God I will pick on the importance of God's word in the sanity of your mind on Tuesday that's not the subtopic but I'm just giving you a glimpse of what I'm going to be talking about on Tuesday glory be to God time does not allow me to go beyond this this Sunday afternoon Praise be to Jesus. But I know that as you keep on walking with us through this, uh, God is going to just keep on building you up in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, oh, my friend, my longtime friend, Bernard Mbulu, saying you've lost connection. Sorry about that, but you can always get it uh, later as well. Glory be to Jesus. Glory be to Jesus. Praise be to God. Hosanna in the highest. Have you been blessed? I have been blessed just listening to the Spirit as the Spirit was speaking uh, the word to me and through me to you. Uh, I've been blessed by the word today. Now, I need you to subscribe to our YouTube channel because then you are able to get all the material that we are bringing up on air. You'll be able to get everything that we're doing here. So subscribe to the Covenant channel on YouTube. Follow the Covenant channel on Facebook as well uh, so that you were able to connect with us. At some point, we'll just shift all the broadcasts to the Covenant channel page. So uh, follow us right there as well. But on YouTube as well, go and subscribe. Then watch, like, share. Praise be to God. Uh, you could also follow me in CJ Atemo and all the platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube as well hallelujah if you're out over there and you have never given your life to christ jesus i would like to give you this opportunity to give your life to christ the enemy is after your mind and he wants to use your mind to cause you not to serve god he wants to use your mind to cause you to do things that some of them you will not be proud of some of them you will not be happy about then he does the guilt tripping on you and so you always live in this guilt you always live in this fear you always live in this worry and anxiety and that's the enemy's trap he loves to play mind games and we're going to break the enemy's mind games in the coming week but right now i want you to first of all be born again the scripture says if except a man be born again he cannot see the kingdom of god wherever you are right now just make this confession after me say lord jesus i believe you're the son of the living god i believe you came in the flesh i believe you died for me i believe you were buried but on the third day you rose from the dead i believe you ascended to heaven 
and you were seated at the right hand of the Father. I believe you will come again. And so today, I confess that you are my Lord, you are my Savior, you are my God. I repent of my sins. I am a new creation. If you have made that confession after me, God bless you so much. You are now a child of God, washed by the blood of Jesus, bought at a price. You now belong to the Lord. You are no longer in the kingdom of darkness. You are in the kingdom of his dear son of love, even the kingdom of Christ. You are in fellowship together with us and with the Father as well. You belong to the family now, the family of heaven. Glory be to God. Heaven rejoices and so do we as well. We would like to hear from you, so please uh, just send us a text. Get in touch with us via uh, WhatsApp. Get in touch with us on Facebook. Whichever way you can, let us know that you have given your life to Jesus. Let us know where you are at. We want to keep on praying with you, guiding you, uh, and if we, if you are out of this city, if you're out of this nation and you don't know where to go for fellowship, one, you can keep feeding from the programs that we are bringing. Number two, we can just try to guide you to a place close to you where you can uh, get fed as well because you need discipleship. You need people who will walk with you and fellowship with you and build you up in the faith to the glory of God. So testify to everyone around you right now. Go ahead and tell them you've given your life to Jesus. You no longer are going into the places that you were before. You're not in darkness anymore. You belong to Christ, so you have given your life to Jesus. Testify to them. Also, get yourself a Bible and begin to read. If you can get a Bible anywhere else, you can always get a Bible even online. Now that you're online already, you can get a Bible online, begin to read, and feed your spirit man and grow thereby. Glory be to Jesus Christ. I want us to receive an offering uh, this afternoon, this evening. I want us to receive an offering. Glory be to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Then I'm going to pray over everyone here, over the blessing and the promise of the sound mind. I will pray over each one of you. So don't leave, don't go anywhere. I believe I'm anointed to pray over you. I believe I'm anointed. I know you can pray from your house, but then I'm anointed as well to do this. And so I'm going to pray. So go into wherever you keep your money, wherever you're hiding your money. Uh, talk to your bank managers. Tell them that the master has need. So let them lose the donkeys. But whatever you need to do, get a good offer. If you're paying your tithe, do that as well. Uh, feel free to pay your tithe right now. I'm going to pray a blessing over you. And if you're giving as well, go ahead and give your gift, a love gift, a gift of faith, a gift of obedience, a gift uh, of honor, a gift that will support and propel the gospel and the kingdom of God even in a season such as this. If you're using M-Pesa, 655125 is the pay bill. Or if you want to do directly to a number, uh, that's plus 2547135965522. If you're abroad and you're using Wave or World Remit, you could as well use that, plus 2547135965522. Well, for those who are doing the pay bill, indicate that it is tithe or it is offering. Whatever gift you want to give, uh, just send it out. You can send your gift, your tithe, your media support, your prophetic gift, whatever you want to give, whatever the Lord is laying in your heart to give, go ahead and do it, and the Lord will bless you. And Father God, I pray for everyone who is stretching out to give, first of all, their hearts and then their resources, that they will receive good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, that God will cause men to supply their needs and even more than they need in the name of Jesus Christ. I thank you for the tithers, and I pray the blessing and the grace of God over them that rebuke the devourer for their sake and cause them to walk in abundance in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. I want to pray for everyone else right now before I dismiss you. Father God, in Jesus' name, I pray for everyone right now for the protection of their minds. 
from every affliction of the enemy. Let every stress be dissipated right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, migraine headaches disappear. In the mighty name of Jesus, there are people who cannot sleep because they have anxiety and panic attacks. And I pray right now for the peace of God over you in the name of Jesus. There are people who cannot sleep in the night because their minds are running all over the place. They do not have sleep, not because you do not want to sleep, but then because there's so much that is happening in your mind. So you've got this, um, uh, you, you've, you've got this, you, you've got this lack of sleep and I'm praying for you from tonight that you will have rest. May the peace of God that passes all understanding guard your mind and your heart by Christ Jesus today in the name of Jesus Christ. I see somebody who has a growth. There's somebody who has a developing growth in your brain and right now by the Holy Ghost there is a divine surgery happening right now in the name of jesus in the name of jesus there's somebody who's been having so much you've been having so much pressure so you've got you've got like a load it's like you're carrying you're carrying a stone you've been having like a load so much pressure because of constrictions of vessels and god is opening them up right now in the name of jesus christ of nazareth be free be free. Be free. I command the hand of the enemy to lose your mind, lose your head, lose your brains, and lose your soul. You are blessed for life in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. It's been a pleasure being with you the whole of Sunday, right from 8 in the morning up until now. Isn't the Lord good? Glory be to Jesus Christ. We cherish these days when we have you and you have us and we are able to connect through the word of God and around the word of God. Remember tomorrow is Monday, so we have at 6 a.m. we have morning mist. 3 p.m. we have the commonwealth where we talk and share truths from the scriptures concerning god's mind on wealth stewardship uh, business economy kingdom economy bible economy we talk a lot of those things and we want to know how to position ourselves for the resources of god to come into our lives we want to be good stewards so tomorrow 3 p.m uh, that's reina datella and myself will be up over here again discussing the scriptures but in the morning 6 to 7 a.m Monday to Friday, we have morning mist. Every Tuesday, Tuesday night, victory service. Wednesday, winds of worship. Thursday, school of faith. All of them are 3 p.m. plus 3 GMT. That is East African time. So you join us online. On Tuesday and Thursday, I will continue with the teaching on a sound mind. You are blessed for life. As we normally say, Shalom Irene. Peace and prosperity. Nothing missing. Nothing lacking. Nothing shall be broken in your life. Not even your mind. Amen.